Welcome to another inspirational message from Northwest Church. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information on what your next step may be, please visit our website at northwestchurch.com.au. Do you ever feel like um, you're stuck in a cycle? I feel like I'm stuck in a cycle of being fit and unfit. You know, especially you go on holidays and I'm sure I'm like everything's sort of just fitting again now. Just from a few weeks of holidays, there's nothing like Ferg Burger for dinner every night and ice cream afterwards to um, transform your physical um, shape. Uh, but do you ever feel stuck in a cycle? Well, some of you would now. And, 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 and I think that, you know, you know you're stuck in a cycle when you go, oh, we're here again. Why, this is not where I expected this to end. I, how did we end up here again? How did, how did this happen? You know, you just feel like it's going round and round and round. and not, It's not over weeks, maybe over months, certainly over years. And go, well, and you know you've, you've put in so much effort for so little outcome. And have you ever been there, ever stuck in a cycle? Maybe you, you're there for the first time. Maybe you feel like you've been there for a long time. And maybe you've been there so long and it's been such a perpetual cycle that what I'm about to take you, 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 you won't even believe that it can shift. You've already determined sitting there right now that this is the way it is. And I'm here to tell you today as we read the Bible, it's not the way it is. Well, it might be the way it is, but it's not the way it needs to be. And because the God we serve is not the God of the perpetual cycle, He's the God of the breakthrough. He, that's who he is. He actually describes himself that way. He says he is the God of the breakthrough. And I think where we find ourselves stuck in a cycle, God wants to shift that into a season of breakthrough where there's a season of moving forward. It doesn't happen all overnight. Sometimes it does. But most of the time it happens over time. You know, if God, I heard the story, maybe you've heard it. If God finds you in a desert, he may airlift you out. But most of the time he walks us out. And so if we're stuck in a cycle or if, if, um, uh, if that's something that goes on in the future, I want to talk to you about how we see a cycle where we're stuck move to a season where there's progress, where there's breakthrough and, and all of us can go there. Now, if you've got little kids, it can feel like you're stuck in a cycle, can't it? Like if your kids are really little. It's like, is this going to go on forever? I can assure you now that it doesn't. It does change. Uh, so we're not talking about something like that where you've got a season where maybe it's all the beautiful things. You know, I miss my kids being little on one end, but, but all the hard things as well. I don't miss not sleeping and I don't miss not watching the Wiggles. And, you know, they take over the TV. It's coming back to you one day. That's a season, not a cycle. Um, but there are other things that are cycles. I've known people who have lived wounded the entire time I've known them. I mean, years. Wounded. And wounded becomes a cycle that God never intended. And if we find ourselves in a place like that, God's intention is not that we live there perpetually. There's something going on there to live there perpetually. And the good news is because what can happen sometimes is when we live in a cycle of whatever it is, whether it be woundedness or unforgiveness or things not working out the way we thought or financially just always on the brink or whatever the cycle is, if we live there and if God's solution is not there, here's the thing, I, I have to start with me. The good news here is that the answer is not external to me. The answer is with me. It's somewhere in, in, in the relationship between God and I. 
And, and that's liberating, that's freeing, because if it was something that I can't control, if it was circumstantially arraigned, or if people could control it, for example, in my woundedness, if that hinged on people, me living wounded, who knows that I'm going to live life wounded? I mean, I look across this front row, well, at least this part of the front row, and I could live wounded for the rest of my life just based on those five people. In fact, just these two, right? I could, I could live wounded for the rest of my... You know what I'm saying? Imagine woundedness, living wounded in a cycle of woundedness depended on people not wounding me. Man, I'm dead before I begin. And if you and I are friends, so are you. I'm not going to mean it, but I am going to do it. It is going to happen, isn't it, Nell? I'm going to say dumb stuff to Nell, and it's going to happen. And so it has to be something other than that which is beyond me, so that which is circumstantial. Can't, well, I'm not going to wait for the other person to change. A few years ago, when I was struggling to exercise, I basically am a simple guy. If I can wake up and pray and read my Bible, have enough caffeine to you know, keep the shakes away and the headache away, um, go to work, work really hard, and go to the gym in some way, shape, or form. If I can do that, I'm pretty well happy. And a few years ago, I wasn't getting to the gym the way I would like to, and pretty well I blamed it on Bron. She'd ring up with some errand, some child to pick up. <laughs> Sorry, son. She would remind me that it wasn't child minding, it was parenting. <laughs> they, um... <laughs> And really, I'd miss my workout, and I'd just get cranky, and I'd get annoyed at her. And then one day, I realised, I know you already realise this, that it wasn't on Brian. It's on me. In fact, if I spent the rest of my life, every time Brian interrupted my plan, I'm going to spend my whole life annoyed and my whole life blaming. I'm going to be a victim the whole time. And when it comes to cycles, if we look externally, I know people have hurt you. I know people have done the wrong thing by you. I know you've got reason, if you listen to the right voices, to not forgive, to live wounded, to be upset, to not have another go. I know all of that, but what a crazy place to live. The God of you and I wants to take the cycles that we get stuck in and turn them into seasons that we see breakthrough in. And so a shift from... Stuck in a cycle into a breakthrough season. That's where we want to talk today. I'm going to take you to a passage of Scripture. Um, let me read to you Haggai chapter 1 and from verse 5. It says, You have spent a lot of money, but you haven't much to show for it. Ever felt like that? You keep filling your plates, but you never get filled. You keep drinking and drinking, but you're always thirsty. Obviously not in the moment. It's not talking about that. You put on layer after layer of clothes, but you can't get warm. And the people who work for you, um, what are they getting out of it? Not much. Not much, but a leaky, rusted out bucket, that's what. So God's speaking to them through the prophet Haggai and he says, hey, in a nutshell, you can change the detail for anyone's circumstance. This isn't really working out the way you planned it, even though you've worked at it. And, and, and if you read the whole book of Haggai, what we discover is that it's not going to change anytime soon unless they determine they're going to change sometime very soon. It's been going on for a while in the cycle. They work really hard. They've got big dreams. They've got plans in their heart. And so they get out there. They labor. They build their homes. They build their businesses. They go to work. They earn their money. And yet the whole thing just keeps moving on and it doesn't work out quite the way they, they thought. And they get stuck in a cycle. And they're like, here we go again. Each harvest, they're like, here we go again. Is this ever going to change? 
I feel so stuck. I mean, all this effort and all this investment and there's no real change and, and is this really how it's going to be? And so I don't know if you have been there or you are there, but I think it can be different. So this passage, really, this passage of Scripture highlights a group of people who are completely stuck in a cycle who move into a season of breakthrough. And so we want to look at the keys in this passage because I think they help all of us. How do we shift from stuck in a cycle into a season of breakthrough? Let's, let's have a look. So in verse 5 we just read, let's take in the whole of verse 5. I think that's coming up on the screen for you. Is that what's up next, Rosie? No, 1 to 6 is, isn't it? So from verse 2, I'll just read it to you. We'll try and catch up on the screen. A message from God of the angel armies, the people procrastinate. They say that it isn't the right time to build my temple, the temple of God. Shortly after that, God said, um, said more and Haggai spoke it. How is it that it's right for you to live in your fine homes while my home, God's temple, is in ruins? And then a little later, God of the angel armies spoke out again. He says, hey, take a, a good hard look at your life. I want you to next line says think it over then he goes into what we read before how they thought of the work it hasn't worked verse 7 says that's why God of the angel army said take a good hard look he says it again take a good hard look at your life think it over Um, and then the Bible goes on and says then God said here's what I want you to do and then it goes on and they start to see uh, things change And so I want us to look at this idea today and see cycles change. Cycles become seasons of breakthrough. These guys were stuck, but they didn't stay there. Something shifted. Something supernaturally, actually, something completely miraculous shifted. And I think that we want to be the kinds of people, if I'm a believer in Jesus, even if I'm not, um, who believe in the God of miracles. I was telling a story this morning in our little huddle pre-service talk that about three months ago I was in a hotel room in Manly Um, hosting a conference and I was in my room a little bit desperate about these two things I have in my heart. One was the chapel and us building that first one. Um, It is coming towards us, believe me, and and then doing what we believe beyond that and knowing that Tamworth could never fund that. And this other thing in my heart that I think I will um, get to lead in the future as I serve Jesus. And so I'm in my room on my knees saying, God, am I crazy? Because if I'm crazy, I just want to do your will. And I don't want to waste my time on pipe dreams. So if I'm crazy, I'm happy. I just I'll let me pass to Tamworth and lead Gunnar and Gyron. And I'm happy to do that with the rest of my life. But if I'm not crazy, you need to show me. And as I'm praying this prayer about these two very specific things, Bronnie is down on the boulevard in Manly and a man stops her in the street as I'm praying the prayer. And he says, your husband will. And names the exact thing that I'm praying for as I sit in my room, whatever, how many, 10 or so floors up. The other thing that I was praying, am I crazy about that day? Two weeks later, someone turns up and says, hey, Darren, we could do this for you and this would help you build the chapel. I mean, it's miraculous and now's not the time to go into it. But what we know is that God wants to break cycles and he wants to bring breakthrough and, and he's well-placed to do it when we align ourselves and our lives with him and, and I'm sure you're like me, I want to be in that place. I want to be in that space. And so many people get to the end of their lives and they just, if they look back, they, ne- they just never went there. They just never lived there. They lived close to there. They bumped up against there. They heard messages about there. They, in their heart, thought about there. It's a bit like, um, I've, I've got to start a diet today now that I'm back. I actually was starting it yesterday. You know how this works, don't you? <laughs> so on Friday, I was pumped about it. 
I was so pumped about the diet, Vissy, until you turned up yesterday. I was so pumped about the diet. I'm thinking, this is going to be good. You know, I'm going to drop this weight quickly. My jeans are going to fit again. This is going to be good. And um, I was so pumped. And then, but midday into the first day of the new regime, I wasn't quite as pumped. I was a little bit fragile. And someone offered me chocolate. (laughs) And it can be a bit like that, can't it? Like we want to do the God thing. We want to get it right. The Apostle Paul even said, he said, the thing I want to do, I don't do. And the thing I don't want to do, I do do. But when, when it comes to this, and he says, but thank God for Christ who strengthens me. Like I can do this. Jesus who strengthens me, we can get this done. And so these people are there. And so God speaks into it. And it's not immediately kind, but we need to remember the outcome he's looking for. God is about to look them in the eye and straight shoot. Because he wants to break a cycle so that they can have a breakthrough. It's always worth remembering, isn't it? That that's what he does. And so they turn up and here they are and all this is unfolding. I want to hear that. Here's the first thing I want us to see. A message from God, army of the angel armies. The people procrastinate. They say this isn't the right time to build my temple, the temple of God. My first thought as we come here in the next verse, it says... He says, hey, take a good, hard look at your life. He says, think it over. And if I'm stuck, I think this is a starting place. Just to go, hey, I just want to pause and think it over. Um, It says it again in verse 7, take a good, hard look, think it over. But I love the way he puts it in verse 12. All the people um, listened, comma, really listened to the voice of their God. All the people listened. I mean, they really listened listened to the voice of their God when God sent the prophet Haggai to them they paid attention to him and in listening to Haggai they honored God and I might not be any Haggai but in listening to this today we honor God and wherever I am in the cycle I think bottom line I think oftentimes if a cycle was easy to break we already would have broken it right if a health kick was easy to do I'd be all over it in fact I wouldn't have broken it on holidays It's not easy to do. But with God's help, obviously, we can get it done. And so he's speaking to them and he's going, hey, you need to think about this deeply. If I'm going to break a cycle, I need to think about it deeply. And the first thing here is, as we think about it deeply, he says, hey, here's what you're saying in your heart and to each other. It's not time yet for this. And God calls them out. He says, you say it's not time, but we all know it is. So you, you say it's not time and you give your reasons for why it's not time for this. But deep down, you know it is. How do I know it is deep down? Because they've already been thinking about it. Otherwise, they wouldn't have come up with that answer. They've, they've actually come up with an answer that it's not time because they've been thinking deeply about it. Maybe God even convicted them about it. And so here they are and they're going, yeah, 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 yeah. That has a time, but it's not time. And I would suggest, you know, when I'm stuck in a cycle, it doesn't have a time. It's always time. It's always time to get past the fence. It's always time to get past unforgiveness. It's always time to get out of debt. It's always time to break a cycle, isn't it, of a habit, an addiction or whatever it is. It's always time. It's always time to break a cycle by stepping up into what God has next. It's just always time for that. It's always time for the call of God upon my life, maybe not for him to bring it into its fullness, but for me to step into its infancy. It's always time for that. And so he says, hey, just, just think about this. Step back from it. Think about what you're saying and, and, and listen. And I think that's the first thing for us, just to 
think deeply about this. Think it over. They have, think about what they've got to absorb. It's hard to, um, my wife will think about what's really going on and she will challenge me to go, Darren, you need to stay with it. You don't like sitting in your mess. You don't, you don't like sitting in what you've gotten wrong and I don't, I dislike it immensely. I don't like sitting when I've hurt people. And she'll just pull me back sometimes and go, Darren, you need to just stay with it long enough so there's change from it. And, and, and as we think about our cycle, we can leave here completely unchanged. This message becomes completely irrelevant to my life and the cycle in our life never changes. I mean never changes. Or something can go on right now in the minutes that we have that sets up our whole future. Like literally here this morning, sitting in good old Tamworth on the corner of Kathleen and Ann Street, something that comes, can happen that can redefine our future whether I'm 10 years old or whether I'm 70 years old. Something can go on right now in the moments that we have because that's what God wants to work. And so, so we read through this and it says, hey, think about it deeply. And so I've got some thoughts here. Think about it deeply. They had to think about the fact that their children went hungry and it was on them. They had to think about the cycle they found themselves in and that it was on them. And they had to think about their actions. They had to think about um, all of these things and then... Their starting place was a point of repentance. Think about the humility of that. Now, yours might not be that. Maybe someone did create it external. I, I know a whole bunch of you who've had things happen to you that aren't your control. We're not talking about that. We're talking about cycles and patterns going on in our lives because of behaviours, decisions, things that are happening that can shift on our watch. And so the Bible goes on. And, and so think it over, think about it deeply. And the first thought I have on that is just to go get brutally honest with ourselves. They, they weren't honest for so long and they just continued in the cycle they always had. But the moment they got brutally honest, something began to shift. They got brutally honest. They had to be honest about the lie they were telling themselves and the way they were leaving, living. They needed to give up their way of thinking. They needed to ask themselves some hard questions. So the question, you know, is what's really going on here? I think it's a great question to ask ourselves, isn't it? What's really going on sometimes? And in asking that question, they brought themselves to the brink of a breakthrough. Good question is, where am I really at? You know, that's, that's not time, but where am I really at? Various times I've had to ask myself that. Where am I really at? What's really going on here? Why am I really worked up about this? So much of I that I'm worked up about has a biblical I can give a biblical reason, but actually it's got very to do with something that's good. It's got to do with me. It's got to do with drive. It's got to do with ambition. It's got to do with all kinds of things. I have to pull back and go, where am I really at? And what's really going on? I think when we locate ourselves in those kinds of places, something can happen, hey? But as long as I'm just telling myself a story, I'm going nowhere fast. One of my prayers is, God, help me not to, to not need to be in a corner for me to get what you're trying to get to me. Uh, that's my prayer, because I don't want to live in corners. You know, God, help me to not need to be in a corner for you to get my attention, is how I actually pray. Help me to be there. You, you like that? Help us not to get to a corner, because eventually it'll get us to the corner and probably we'll make the shift, but wouldn't it be a whole lot better to not need to get to the corner for us to make the kinds of shifts that change our lives? And I, I wonder if we could do that today ahead of time. Think it over. Think about it deeply. Where am I? really at and then and then the second thing I've got here is just start with me I can start with people like you can we can start with stuff we can start with circumstances but a lot of those things we can't control 
I think a great place to come to is where I just go, I've just had enough of this. I've had enough that I'm willing to make the change. Cycles like these need extreme ownership. Extreme ownership. And, and I think when we get there, we're going somewhere. Something can get unstuck. The cycle can move on. So, so what do I need to own in order for this shift to happen? What would that be? What is it that I need to own about? You know, if we just, we'll just use woundedness and forgiveness today. If, if it's woundedness, what do I need to own? Well, I can keep looking out the window with blame or I can look in the mirror and go, I didn't create this. This isn't my doing. But I'm going to live unoffendable. I'm just going to live unoffendable. What a powerful way to live. I can live wounded and in a cycle. Can, can you see the season we move into, the moment we determine? It, it might not happen perfectly straight away. Imagine living unoffendable, just determining I'm going to live unoffendable. Immediately we move out of a cycle, like literally this moment, we move out of a cycle that's been going on for some people for a lifetime into a place where we're now in a season where there can be a breakthrough just by that decision. I'm going to live unoffendable. Oh, that's a great place to live. Imagine nobody could offend you. I mean, we feel it, but we deal with it. Imagine that. I want to live in that. So unoffendable, just forgiveness. Some people are great at forgiveness, aren't they? Those of you who are my age or older will remember happy days. Anyone remember happy days? Always dreaded preachers in their 40s telling stories like this, and here I am. Does anyone remember the Fonz? Henry Winkler's got to be the uncoolest cool guy in the history of the world, but anyway. But Henry Winkler, the Fonz, had one thing he couldn't do. He couldn't say sorry. Wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. You wouldn't get the word out. You know, sometimes sorry is hard. But, but it's so releasing when we learn to say, I'm sorry. You know, or when we just release people in forgiveness and um, liberating. We, in a moment of time, break a cycle that could have held us for a lifetime. Think about it deeply. Um, I, I've written here in thinking about it deeply. I think sometimes we get okay with what we should never get okay with. Don't we? Whatever it is. I mean, it could be a myriad of things. We just get okay with things. I don't know about you. I don't want to live with that. I don't want to be okay. I just don't want to live there. I mean, if God doesn't do anything more with my life, that's his business, right? But I don't want to live with, oh, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm going to heaven. Oh, I'm okay. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to get there. I'm going to be a bit bored along the way. I'm okay. Bulldogs will win a grand final somewhere in there before here in heaven. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, look. I'm okay. You know what I mean? Like, I'm okay. I'm okay like this. I'm okay. I reckon we need to be content in all circumstances, but not okay with endless cycles. So we want to be content with the way it is and what God's given into our lives, but a discontent with I'm okay with this cycle that can actually be broken if I'll turn up with some decisions and if God turns up as he can and this could be broken and we could break through into a new season. Think it, think it over deeply, be, not be okay. And then um, verse 8 and 9 coming on the screen. So I think. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Oh, that's a different... Sorry, we're probably not going to go there, Belsy girl. Sorry, that's my daughter, if you're wondering. I don't call all the girls in our church Belsy girl. Just recognise that could sound kind of odd to you. They, um, in this passage here in verse 8 and 9, he says, hey, think about it deeply. And then after that, he speaks to them. And he says... 
trying to find the verse, but he says, I want you to act on this. I want you to take action. I want you to take action. And, and so he says, hey, here's where it's at. I need you to think about this. What have you discovered in your thinking? Let's be honest about that. And now what's the action we're going to take? We need to take action. I suppose my question in breaking a cycle that sets us up in a breakthrough season is what is the action I need to take? You know, I, need to, I know what I need to take. I was in the gym yesterday. But, you know, it's not just about being in the gym yesterday. It's saying no to waffles today. So what's it going to take? What's it going to take? What's the action that actually starts to set breakthrough in motion? What is it for you? I wonder what it is. Maybe it is unoffendable, whatever it might be in our life. Maybe it is just stepping into something new that God's calling you to. Maybe that's all it is. You're going, he's been calling you, you're going, ah, and it's like, just jump, just leap. You know, we'll never be sorry for that. I remember when Dan and I sat down in a cafe here in town before he and Natty bought GJ Gardeners. And, you know, he had some ideas about his future and we had a chat and he determined this is what they're going to do. Dad's, what do you reckon? I said, mate, we, I reckon, sounds like a good idea to me. And, um, and he jumps in. That was a massive leap of faith. They had to borrow money. They had to risk it all. They had to step into behind good business owners who'd done a good job and who were really loved. People were going to have opinions about them. They were going to have to work hard. They were going to have to risk finance. They were going to have to have lots of debt. And, yeah, and you look at it now. I mean, when they arrived, Dan, you don't mind me telling this story, do you? No, he didn't say yes, but I think, that's an, I think he said, I'm okay. And, um, you know, Dan was struggling to buy sand shoes to go for a run he doesn't mind me saying that and now he probably owns a sand shoe factory in China like if you saw what he's charging me for a build I'm pretty confident no no but at some point he just had to step in he and Natty had to launch into the next thing they could have just stayed and what they were doing was good and it would have been good but at some point they just stood on the edge and went we think God's really prompted this is more than a good idea we think this is a God idea and you know what it would be great if all the story was how blessed they are but it's not Dan and Nat speak right across the GJ's gardener business all the time to business owners And in the midst of that, I've been there. I've been in the room where they'll talk about their faith. They'll talk about God. They'll talk about His goodness. They'll weave it into talks and weave it into conversations. And you think, well, this might be just all about them, but somehow God's taken it. And imagine they didn't step into it. And some of us, you know, the cycles that we're going through, some of us, we need to get rid of things. Some of us need to repent of things. Some of us need to own some stuff. Some of us need to let go of some stuff. And some of us just need to launch in. Launch in. And the cycle that we're stuck in will find a breakthrough season. As I wrap this, you know, as the Bible wraps this passage of history, this piece of history, God steps up as they, before, after, notice this after. So He confronts them. They own it. They think deeply about it. They step into it. And then after all of that, after they take those steps of obedience, you know what he says? I'm with you. Now watch what I do. But not first. He could have first, and sometimes he does first. He gives a promise first. But, but if he doesn't give first, it doesn't really matter because he's got our best. I'm not going to tell my children something to detrimentally hurt the future. And then he says, hey, I'm with you. Watch what I do. You guys thought the old temple was good. Everyone's saying how good the old temple is. Watch what I do now as you step into this. And you and I are here today 
because a generation, just a small group of people back in the day of the prophet Haggai who said, we're going to leave just focused living on us. We're going to break the cycle. We're owning our stuff. We're going to step up and build. And you and I are the direct effect of what they did because it was in that day and at that time that God spoke to that people and said, hey, here's the kind of temple I'm going to build into the future. Jesus Church. And it's coming from here and now. And that temple is going to be greater than this temple. And I wonder if they could even believe what they were hearing. They certainly could have perceived what it would be. And so you and I, I don't know where it ends. I know where it begins. And there's something way beyond what we're living right now. Let's never get okay with where it is at in terms of what I will allow. Let's just step up. God, I'm breaking the cycle. Here I am today. He's just ready. He's just waiting, you know. He's just waiting. My kids go to bed every night. Kids do. And then I wait. And here's what I hear every night that I'm home. I'm just waiting for it. Dad, are you coming in? So when mum, when you say mum, are you coming in? That's a legit question, right? Because you don't know if mum's coming in. But when they say, dad, are you coming in? I've just been waiting. I'm like, Hey, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm just waiting for the whisper. And I know that they're going to ask a question. If they ever stop, they'll be in trouble. And he's saying, hey, he's just waiting. He just needs, God just needs a whisper. That's all. He's just, he's just like, hey, this cycle can be broken. This breakthrough season can be coming if you will just, just hear his whisper. And if we will just respond with a whisper to him, he will turn up in ways that reach way beyond, way beyond anything we can ask, think, or imagine in Jesus' name. Amen? All right. Why don't you stand with me? Now, in that hotel room back about three months ago when I prayed a pretty simple prayer, God, am I crazy? I mean, think about what unfolded in that moment. I literally was praying about a very specific thing. It was it's actually a very specific role that had a title. And then a man at the street, at the same time that I'm praying, says, this is what's going to happen to the role, to the detail. I think something like that can go on here in this moment for you. Something like that can happen. He's God. And so I want you to just, you know, close your eyes. If you want to raise your hands and surrender, you can. You know, if you want to just stand there quietly, you can. But let me pray. Let's believe for a holy moment, something that only God could do in your and my life as we surrender our cycle into our God-appointed future. Heavenly Father, thank you for every single person here. Lord, we don't believe in a church that's drifting, Lord, to the fringe of society. We believe in the generation of the resurgent church. We believe it starts here and now. We believe there are good days ahead for your church, and we believe that there are good days ahead for your people. And so every person here right now, God, we pray that you would turn up. Lord, rattle us to our core where we need to be rattled. Stir us to the core of our being where we need to step out. God, we pray right now we're surrendered to you that you might order our steps take hold of our thinking. We do what the Bible says. We commit our way to you and take hold of the promise it gives that you will establish our thinking. So we do that right now in Jesus' name. And with every eye closed, every head bowed just for privacy, just want to take a moment and ask you, have you committed your life to Jesus? Have you surrendered your life to Jesus? That's the biggest step in all of this. That's actually what went on in the book of Haggai. It was a re-surrender. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, 
Have you made that decision? Do you need to remake that decision in your own heart for your own peace of mind before God? With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you go, Darren, I do, I want to pray a prayer. I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to ask you to just say amen at the end, which is saying, I agree with that. I want to come and surrender now. If that's you, will you just raise your hand? You know I'm including you in this prayer right now, really quickly. Great. You guys can put your hands down. Anyone else? Really important. Excellent. We're going to pray for those people. And then at the end, I'm just going to ask everyone to say amen. Heavenly Father, this prayer today is like that moment in Haggai. It's a moment of surrender. We know Jesus has got our future. We know he's taken care of our past. So we put our trust in that today. What he did at the cross to pay the penalty of sin. And we also, Lord, surrender to him that he might own our future. We're now in his hands. His way, not ours. Your way, not ours. So we just commit our way to you right now, heart and soul, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great Sunday. Bruce is going to come. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring faith or a follower of Jesus, there is a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to northwestchurch.com.au. And thanks again for listening.